This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 348, recorded on March 22nd, 2018. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into news, news, reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Studios here in beautiful Belgium, Nebraska. So, Mike, some rain coming in over the weekend, and the ground is super wet. I think it's time to start throwing some grass out, grass seeds out. Right? Yeah, we had, our, we had our first lawn application. We have a company that comes out, and, and they already came out. He actually told me, hey, you need to rake your leaves because you still have piles of them that are causing a snow mold, is what they call it, when it starts to warm up and you get that water trap below the, the leaves. Yeah. So, gentlemen, ladies, if you're listening, it's lawn maintenance time, I think, uh-huh. no matter what part of the country you're in. You might want to get out and just take a peek. Here's the – or get your robot lawnmower. It's probably time to take the robot lawnmower out of the shed. Put it in its charging base station and get it ready to maybe Aaron's the only one that's going to do that for us. But uh, of course, we post a show with world class show notes each week out at the average guy TV. Don't forget, you can also join us live on our mobile app. We want to thank LastPass for their sponsorship of that app. Easiest way to get to it, homegadgetgeeks.com. If you're new to the network or new to Home Gadget Geeks, a great way to listen on the road. It's really the best way to listen on the road, Uh, especially listen live. Easy to get to. You don't have to find anything. It just works if you want to listen that way, HomeGadgetGeeks.com, both Android, iPhone available for you. Don't forget, rate and review on iTunes. I almost never ask for this, but it is helpful if you do that. So if, you, if you're listening to this on iTunes, go out and rate and review on that. Get that done for us. If you're watching or listening on YouTube, uh, head out and uh, subscribe to the live page. That way, you know, you'll get some kind of notification. There's a subscribe button and a bell. Click on both of those so you get subscribed to the live. Many of you have subscribed over to the edited side, right? Home, the AverageGuy.tv, whatever that page is on YouTube. But if you want to catch the live thing, and it sounds like maybe there's some, Mike, with YouTube, there's some new announcements, like when we go live. We haven't figured that out yet, but maybe it's we It's the need best to. way to be notified. Even if you don't go to the YouTube app, like if you come to the like someone's page, kind of like we do on this show, and you have the chat room, it's a great way to just be reminded, though, of someone going live. I use yeah. that feature just for that. I've been watching more and more of my subscribers. That's not right. Those I subscribe to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of like, I'm waiting for them to post something and I'm using the, you know, the links that creates who you subscribe to on the left-hand side. I'm doing more and more of that lately. Um, so if you find that helpful, make sure you do that on YouTube and then go out and like us on Spreaker. That's always nice. If you're listening to us on Spreaker app, you can click the little like button. We ask that you do that. Don't forget, Mike and I do a little post show crypto conversation tonight. We got some updates. I got new hardware update to share with you. Although I'll share that in this show. We'll talk more about it in the crypto uh, kind of our crypto update. And so if you want to do that, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support. Join us on Patreon. Uh, $1 a month gets you in there, gets you access to those shows. We appreciate your sponsorship of the show. Great way to do it. You don't have to listen to the post show if you don't want to. You can just uh, support us in one day. One one and $5 plans available. Helps pay the bills here at theaverageguy.tv. We appreciate your support. Theaverageguy.tv slash support. All right, let's jump into this, Mike. We've had a busy week. You know, it's always funny as we think about, I build the show notes on Monday or Tuesday ship them over to you and there's a, b- a blank slate and i kind of think oh this is kind of nice this is getting oh, delivered yeah, yeah bottle service over what's at the sarah, sarah what is this what there is you this? Go. it's a taylor so we call this a taylor swift if you're listening to the podcast it's a red fruity drink what's what's in it fresh lemon white rum sparkling cranberry juice 
anything with rum and you've got my attention. White rum is oh, uh, pretty great. good. We call it. Thank you. you. Feel like you're on the beach. We call it a Taylor Swift. And uh, I don't know why, but we do. So she asked me tonight, beer or a drink? I said both. <laughs> so she brought it down here for me. But two of each, please. No, I'll take two. <laughs> yeah. Um, we build the show notes early in the week and I put a few things in there. I'm like, oh, how am I going to find enough things to talk about? And boom, by the time we go live, show notes are built and we're ready to go. Mike, did you see the news? Uh, I put the Internet Archive, which if some of you aren't aware, I actually post every single Home Gadget Geeks, and I have since show 100, out to the Internet Archive, right? So archive.org, if you head out there, if you ever want to listen out there, you can. All the Home Gadget Geeks, all Cyber Frontiers, anything we've ever done is out at the at archive.org. I'm pretty sure after the zombie apocalypse, it will be the only Internet thing available, right? It'll be... Does some big corporate does like Google own that? How do they have the space for all of that? How they raise money? It's uh, oh, yeah. and, and I don't know all the details, but every year they ask for donations, and I'm sure there's something behind that that feeds them corporate. Yeah, it's just a lot of storage, I would imagine, for because there is, is a lot. I went and looked because I remembered you mentioning that maybe about a year ago. So when you posted the story, I went out and looked. And I'm like, man, who, like what's the what's the backstory here? It's it's very interesting. Um, but this story especially was really cool. Yeah, well, it started out as the um, inter- the uh, Wayback Machine. So for folks who know what I'm talking about, you have to be around. The Internet Archive started as that Wayback Machine. So if you ever want to see what a website looked like 10 years ago, you can go out there, type in the website, go to the Wayback Machine, type in the website. And it, it depends on when it crawled it and some of those kinds of things. But it's got records right of what the site go if you want a funny just it's embarrassing actually go back to go to the wayback machine put put the average guy.tv in there and go way back to 2009 uh, you can see terrible website design it's awful christian helped me with it it's pretty bad uh but uh, all available through the wayback machine but mike they're making internet archives or internet archives is making your favorite lcd handheld games available emulation in the browser. I thought that was pretty cool. You had to have played some of these games when you were Oh, a kid. totally. But the one I played, I didn't see on there. I played and I can't you'll know the name right away. It's the football one where you run and you're getting but it almost wasn't LCD. It was just red lines on a black screen, if I remember right, and you were moving back and forth to get from one end zone to the other. Yeah, and that might be that's not the Coleco one that it was would, like an up arrow, do, 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 down do, 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 arrow, yeah, and yeah, a right no, arrow. Different. That's those are kind of I think before these. That they had a okay. baseball one, they had I think a Yahtzee one, I'm gonna say. They had some games that way. Oh, no, these no, are yes, the Yahtzee especially. Right. Oh, we played the crap out of that Yahtzee, right? When it was out. Yeah. No, these are more of the L C D and it has it has just you know, these different actions, the one on the front page, I dropped the link in the show notes as well as it being available in the chat room. But uh, there's a karate game. Mortal Kombat came out this way. Burger Time, Qbert. Some of those games are available for you. And they just emul- emulate them in the browser. So if you were, uh, mm, you'd have to be about my age to when these things first came out. Uh, they're available for you out there. Over 200 of them have uh, have come out, and they're adding more to the list all the time. So if you want to go out oh, there, RoboCop Two. Yep, I played that one. Yeah, if you wanna, if that you wanna get out there and see, you can kind of see a list of them in the in the in the link uh, that I put out there in the show notes. This was kind of that in between the football, baseball, Yahtzee, and actually getting some real handheld games. These were, I think, these were in between those. 
Um, the night beer be- Nightmare Before Christmas is available out there. So you might want to check them out. Head out to archive.org. Uh, follow the link. Go out to the show notes. Follow the link out to the article. They'll have some of those out there. But kind of some old school fun. Like you'll want to mess with them for about 10 minutes. And then you're done. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, and then you'll, you'll, you know, in a month, you'll get back on it and you'll play another one. It's one of those sites. Yeah. It's not Fortnite. That's for sure. You're no, it not. is not Fortnite, <laughs> which I'll be probably playing after we get done tonight again. Yeah. Is that, are you, you guys staying up well into the evening to play that? Is that, is that, Hannah doesn't, no, okay. no. Hannah is, de- Hannah needs her sleep and she, she'll tell you like she, and I've started to admit that about myself too. If I don't get my sleep, uh, it's, it's rough the next day, but I'm usually staying up. Um, a little bit later to play that game. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, no, this is not Fortnite, but certainly a lot of fun. Head out to archive.org and uh, track that down. They got some cool stuff out there. It's um, pretty interesting. If you want to see the web the, the way it used to be, I think uh, that is your place. This week, John Biggs uh, sent me a note. I dropped in the Facebook group, by the way, if you haven't headed out there, facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy i think it's out there if you want to join us i haven't had too many join recently but if you want to join us that's that's right um from the facebook group the world's largest ssd capacity now stands and this rocketed from 30 terabytes to 100 terabytes so 100 terabytes in an s and an ssd exit drive um is out there nimbus from nimbus data and uh, they have somehow crammed 100 terabytes of 3D flash memory into a standard three and a half inch SATA form factor. For context, 20 million songs can fit on a 100 terabyte SSD. I think the business case, Mike, this is still several thousand dollars. So this is not average guy equipment. Right. You and I, as much as we love burst mining, are not going to plot <laughs> on a 100 terabyte SSD, right? No. Although, how cool would that be, right? I mean, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, there's absolutely not enough burst coins in the world to be able to pay this one back. Right. So it's you're just you're just not going to get it done. But that being said, uh, the 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 case now, or at least one, I think it was built probably just to prove it could be I was done. Say proof of concept was yeah. a big, um, certainly in some data centers where uh, that kind of space is needed. Maybe you don't have a lot of space physically from a room mount, but you need to get a whole bunch of storage in there. I could see an enterprise picking up two, three, or four of these, even as expensive as they are, to get them in a micro data center, right? They only have a small section to be able to do it at. Well, think of cache drives for a large data set, right? You have all of a sudden you have a fast SSD that has enough that it can cache a lot of data and still have that speed to it and have it all in one drive. You're right. So some data centers might have a use case for that. Yeah, but it's there. It, what was shocking to me was this was only a month after the 30 terabyte record. When when I first read it, I was like, okay, 30 terabytes. What was that like a year or two ago? No, this was like a month ago. Yeah, and then they already said no, we can go to 100. Boom, we'll just blow, we'll More blow right past it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so due out this summer, it'll have pricing comparable to other business grade SSDs on a per terabyte basis, which is likely the price will be in the tens of thousands of dollars. Which is probably enough that you kind of go, like I said, you and I, we're not doing this, but. It'll get to, we'll see this eventually. I mean, oh, we're totally. going to see this in our lifetime, which yeah. is crazy. We're going to see 100 terabyte SSDs already for the average consumer. You know, a 250 gig SSD is super reasonable. Right. And as I've been watching more and more, so I like to watch a lot of the build videos on YouTube. More and more, I'm seeing a lot of people use one and two terabyte SSDs in their builds, which I think are pretty expensive, but they're coming down in price enough that that 
is now a standard. You used to do a fusion, right? You would have a terabyte spindle drive and then maybe a 250 or 500 gig SSD as your boot drive. Um, But now they're starting to just throw a whole terabyte or two terabyte SSD in there. And and I haven't been a big fan. I've kind of been a fan of the hybrid because I don't think uh, an SSD is great for your OS drive. But if you have transactional data that you're moving around a lot, um, SSD probably isn't the right place to store that. You probably want that on a spinning drive. It's a lot cheaper. Um, you're going to wear out that drive faster the more you write and read, really the more you write to it. Um, so you have that drawback. So um, I've been a big fan of the, burst, the new Burst build. We'll talk about this in the in the crypto show. The new Burst build has a, uh, I think it's a 250 gig. I think that's what I got with this. You know, Windows takes maybe 50 gig of that. There's 200 just kind of sitting there that I kind of have to decide. Now, it's nice because Windows balloons out as you go. So good to have that space around. But I have not been, uh, I'm kind of a traditionalist in the sense, small OS drive, smaller OS drive, and then stripe your other drives appropriately, you know, based on what you're trying to get out of them. So that's kind of how I've approached it. Well, especially for me, too, because I store a lot of my media on my NAS, my OS and my whole storage on all my devices can be about 250. 250 is actually what I have in most of my computers, a 250 gig SSD, because everything's either stored on the NAS or I'm pulling it off online. Like all of my videos, once I record them, I will put them on the NAS. So there's really no need for me to have anything more than that. So I agree with you, a small OS drive. And then if you have the need on your desktop PC to maybe have more doing the spindle drives, I wonder when we'll get to the point where we'll see spindle drives for consumers at least, kind of phased out completely and everything will be SSD. Mm. That'll be sometime soon or you think spindle drives are going to stick around for a while? I think they're here for a while. Okay. Just for the bigger for the bigger drives. You know, we've been buying, I bought a bunch of those eight terabyte drives for the burst boxes that we've been building. I have 14 of them sitting here in my, and you know, if I were to buy, I got them for 150. They're pretty low quality drives. There's no way I could afford SSD for that totally for that size there's definitely a use case for it but i think most consumers nowadays don't even need storage as much as they did you know like you and me need storage right most people everything's backed up in the cloud so they have an ssd in their laptop probably not much else at least i know a lot lot of my friends don't have any spindle drives anymore they've got all ssd because all they need is one drive and then that's it so i wonder in the consumer area in the kind of the prosumer where you and i kind of sit as far as storage needs, I think they'll stick around. But I think as far as a consumer goes, I think the spindles are pretty much on their way out. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, let's just look price-wise if you're over at Amazon. And if you're in the UK, by the way, my Amazon link still works. So if you go to the average, well, I don't know how it's you It's the only use place it. it still works, right? I think it does. Yeah, and I don't even know how you would use it anymore. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, if you head out to Amazon right now, uh, a Western Digital Blue NAND 500 gig SSD, 128 bucks. That's a real reasonable price point, right? When we think about okay. what am I going to buy? What's the average consumer going to buy and put in their put in their box? Well, 500 gig is probably eight, you know, 130 bucks is the right price point for that, right? The Samsung Wait, 138 bucks for a 500 gig. Uh huh. You can get bucks. almost a 500 gig SSD for 80. No, that's no, no, that's uh, that that's a 500 gig SSD. Oh, SSD. Sorry, yeah. I thought we were doing spindle. No. Western Digital Blue 500 gig SSD. Okay. Um, yeah, solid state, everything, 130 bucks for That's 500 good. gig, right? The standard, uh, I think the standard SSD, that Samsung 850 Evo, that 250 gig, that's like everybody buys that, right? Yep. Those are 98 bucks, right? Right now. 
And that's like the gold standard. Yeah. Yeah. No, right on. That's a, that's a, you know, and then that Evo 500 gig, 150 bucks. So you can get a, a SanDisk 240 for $70 if you want to go on the, you know, if you want to go towards the cheap end. And those prices have like come down in half because I know, um, so it was, I was in law school, I think when I upgraded Colin, my buddy Colin's laptop and my laptop to an SSD. And we went, we had to go with like a 250 and we paid that same price or maybe even a little more at that time. And that's only been what, uh, three years ago, maybe four years ago. So these things are coming down about every two, three years. They're yeah. Well, it seems like the sweet spot, you know, you're always looking for that sweet spot and it kind of depends on, uh, kind of what your, where your budget is. Right? right. For those of you who are really budget conscious, probably the sweet spots, 120 gig, you're, you're talking about $60 right now. So that's kind of a really nice, if you wanted to go budget 120 gig is plenty for that's an operating fast. system. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Soup is, is just plenty. If you're going to do, if you're going to do operating system work, and then I think the next sweet spot's 500 gig, and that's 130 bucks. And uh, you're in. And so, in theory, then those one terabytes should be 300 bucks. Um, I don't think, let me see if I can get, let me see if I can quick look those up. I don't know where they're at right now, but let's just do one terabyte SSD and uh, see if we can find them. A portable, well, the portable drives are pretty cheap. <laughs> you can get a one terabyte portable drive. Yeah, no, they're just just under three hundred actually. So Western Digital Blue two forty nine. Yeah, two eighty nine for the Samsung the eight sixty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you wanted to go one terabyte, pretty pretty easy to get in at the three hundred bucks. That's probably a little outside of the average guy PC build. Is the one terabyte? I think you know dropping three bones or let's say two hundred and fifty bones on an SSD for the average guy probably a little much, but I think that five hundred gigs in the sweet spot. Yeah. That's true. But if I'm going to be buying a one terabyte spindle and then like a 126, you know, SSD for boot, um, you're getting close. We're getting close to where, okay, I'll just, I'll just go out one terabyte SSD right. and throw everything on there. Right. No, right on. Yeah. Right on. So some interesting, it's been a while since I've done a study in uh, where I we are. Look at those terabyte prices. Wow. I was actually expecting them to be higher. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the one terabytes would be closer to four or 500, but they have found their way down um, as well. So, you know, I think it won't be long before one terabyte's the standard. So probably a year from now, we're going to have one terabytes at that one terabyte at that 150, 179 kind of price point. And then, you know, then the twos and threes will make their way down. And right. maybe it's a couple years before we see 10, we see 10 terabyte drives. I'm not sure for the average consumer, you know, 10 terabytes is a lot. And I just don't think we're going to get to that point where, you need five to 10 terabytes of SSD storage for the average consumer. They're either putting well, that in the cloud. I've always right? thought about that too. And then I've thought, okay, but then every time we say that, um, our video files take up true three times more storage because now they're 20 K, right? Like in a few years, who knows what our video, everything just is bigger in the future, uh, whatever. So it just takes more space to store what we would do now. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. Ten terabytes, even. I mean, even if we get a lot bigger with video, that's a lot of space. It's a, it's a lot, and and so it'll. I guess it'll depend on the need being there. And before. like you said, it's cloud, right? So how many people are actually storing all this stuff on their device? We are certainly moving that way. So kind of interesting. Love to hear from you on this. What do you think? If you're listening, Jim at the Average Guy TV, let me know what you think theoretically that SSD limit is 
Um, it's hard to say now because we don't know what the future is going to look like, but um, be interested to know what you think. Five, 10 terabytes on those SSDs for, for the average guy. You know, certainly, um, you know, Drashna and some of the, some of, uh, we have huge storage, storage needs. That's certainly well beyond the average guy in a lot of cases. And so we'll talk about backing all that up here in a little bit, but be kind of interesting to know. Mike, we, in the pre-show, we've been talking, we've been covering beers, our kind yeah. of our favorite beers. In Germany, you know, it's illegal to sell beer cheaper than water. That's how much beer they drink over there in Germany. It cannot oh be priced cheaper than water. Here in the United States, we were talking oh. about this. You and I are paying, oh, it's super cheap in Germany for really good beer too. But you and I were talking about, you know, this cross train that I've been drinking tonight. Right. Eight fifty, nine bucks a six pack. Uh Blue Moon, six ninety nine on sale, seven ninety nine in most cases. That's you know, it's a buck of beer. But could we get it cheaper? And one, could we add tech to it? So you got a little article on there about genetically engineered beers. Yeah, exactly. Our pre-show got me onto this. So I, when I saw it in the news, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. So um, everyone kind of knows that IPAs have kind of taken over the scene as far as beers. Everyone loves the IPAs. And it's that bitterness taste that we all tend to like from the IPAs, or at least some of us do. And so they've actually found, so that bitterness comes from the hops. And hops are an added ingredient to beer that you actually, that is just hard to control, right? So hops, number one, can be expensive to buy. And number two, it's hard to control the taste and the flavor of these hops every batch. So um, a beer producer who's trying to produce a very particular type of beer could have the same recipe every time, but it could taste different depending on the batch of hops they got. So what they've actually found is that, so we've talked about genetic modification in a lot of different aspects, but not in beer yet. Um, but they have actually found that they can genetically modify the yeast to have that bitterness taste that people like in an IPA. So you would have the same taste and by genetically altering the yeast, you have a much more reliable output and the taste is going to be more consistent every time. So the article does say that, you know, the purist of the IPA is going to hate this. They're going to say, hey, you can't take out the hops. You've got to, you can't genetically modify the yeast to replace the hops. But even without that, this is just interesting that they can start to do this and have a more consistent, and it's a lot cheaper for the beer producer to do that than it is for them to buy the hops. So if it makes it cheaper for them, more consistent, um, who knows about all the genetic modification and the good and bad, whether it's good for you or not, Yeah, whether it's good for you, the article Listen. doesn't really go there. Who knows? But still, we're, we're eating. I do love IPAs and yeah. I, they're one of my favorite beers. And, um, we are eating more and more genetically modified food all the time. And they're, yeah. And most of the time it's bad for us, Yeah, which is, you know, it's pretty funny. Like we can genetically modify stuff. So like, why are we doing it and making it bad? Like could we genetically modify it and make it good? <laughs> if we could do that, that'd be, that'd be great. But yeah, why, I don't love IPA so much that this super juice is a double IPA. So oh, it's just double up that IPA. Bitter beer face. Remember when those yeah. commercials, the beer commercials used to be the bitterness was bad. And now it's like hot sauce. Like everybody's trying to get as bitter yep. as possible. And do you remember that first IPA you tried? I do. And I hated it. I was like, Ooh, Ooh, that's bad. And yeah. then you start, you have another one. You're like, okay. It's kind of like, coffee, like right? hot sauce. I yeah, think it's, just it's like hot sauce or coffee. Right. Coffee's the same. Like who? Oh, it's so bitter. Who would like that? And then the more you drink it, now I drink it black. And I, uh, you know, it's just the way you kind of get same thing with beer. So yeah, kind of interesting how uh, science is affecting our beer prices. No, no, right on. I think there's some really interesting uh, tech in that. Uh, you mentioned coffee. This isn't in the show notes, but this week, Makita. So those, they make drills and stuff. They they just upped their coffee game and now they have a portable battery operated coffee maker. 
that's rugged by design to take on the work site. Job it'll, site. Oh. Yeah. It'll make five cups of coffee uh, using the little, so five cups of coffee per uh, uh, per charge on the battery. And then you'd use the little K cups. So throw the K cups in there, oh. brew them a cup at a time. Talk about a perfect partnership for the K cups and that K cups being already portable and easy to use. Yeah. Now I just need a coffee robot at work to just follow me around always. And, you know, I just snap my fingers twice, starts brewing right yeah. there. Right. Then hands it to me. How great would that be to have? Well, I find it so brew. interesting, especially like when you say that. So we have, we have these, we have amazing coffee at work. It's actually like this bin and we have custom beans that um, someone gets to pick out their, their favorite bean flavors. And we load up these containers. And so we scoop them in freshly grind everything, but there are still people, we have a Keurig right next to this machine. So the machine is just a regular coffee brewer, but we use cool, like really nice beans. It tastes amazing. There are still people who bring in their own K cups from home. Like this coffee is free and it's great. People still, cause they're so, they love their flavor of coffee. They will bring in their K cups and uh, still use the Keurig that's right next yeah. door. We um, just so. installed a new K cup, like industrial size plumbed. So you don't oh, have to ever right fill in. it up with water. Yeah. 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 For, for, we put a brand new floor in and they redid it and they put this Keurig as part of the, the build out. And yeah, it's for that floor. It's great. They don't have to go all the way downstairs to get coffee. They can bring their own K cups in and be able right. to get it done. But super high tech. I just I should walk over there and use it more. It's probably better coffee than the mass brewed coffee. But the way you make it with the beans and it's grinding, that's yeah. some pretty good coffee, right? Don't oh, you think? it's great. Freshly ground. Um, every single so the grinder is really cool. It's okay. This is like the industrial version, as in like it's the. Is it Brun flavor or Bun or not? Uh, brand Brun Brun Brun, Brun something like brand. That. Mm-hmm. It's a big box, and you pour the beans in, and so every time you stick the little uh, container that holds the beans, it's just grinding it fresh every time. But it's still a very industrial thing. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not fancy. It's just industrial yeah, looking. Industrial. Yeah. Um, and then you choose whatever beans you want. You know, you can go with Folgers beans if you want, or Starbucks beans. But um, yeah, it's it's great. Well, hundred bucks for that Makita. So if you're on the job site, or I would think fishing, camping. Camping, yeah, just yeah, take it with you. I was just think about that. Put in an 18 volt uh, battery charger in there totally. and uh, five cups of coffee. That's about all I could drink before I would need to stop. Uh, but uh, yeah, pretty cool. I'll, I'll try and go back and fish those out of the uh, where do they see that? Oh, it's not released yet. This is the thing. I guess it's been released in Japan right now and it's coming to America oh, this summer. So I bet Lowe's will um, have it because isn't Lowe's yeah. a big Makita? Uh, they are. Yeah, I think it could sell really well here in the U.S. Yeah, be one I of those, think you think of a lot of use cases. Yeah, one of those home gadgets, good for the garage, although you have, you'd have power out there. But uh, but a nice little addition if you're going to be out and about or the power goes out. We always talk about that. Power goes ice out, you can use, you know, no, right on. Well, right. I think the, the key thing is, is you can use that battery that you get for your drill or for whatever, and you can just slam oh, that thing, gotcha. slam it okay. in and get the coffee made. So pretty cool. Pretty cool little little gadgets. I'd like one of those. Uh, let me get one of those. They're, I think, 100 bucks, so they're not terribly expensive, but a good way to do coffee. Joe on the go is what they say, Joe although I think, the there's a, there I think there's a company that does it. They can probably now sue me for saying that. Mike, uh, over the last couple of weeks, you and I have really been reconsidering our backup, and I mentioned this in the Facebook group uh, a while back. Um, it's funny that we've kind of come to it at the same time. Like it, the exact, We didn't even talk about it. It's just no. all of a sudden... You and I, I said, I told you last week, I was thinking about it. You're like, oh, I was too. So walk me through a little bit. What did you have before and what are you thinking about or where are you going to move to when you think about your backup and your storage? 
Yeah, I went to a couple different things. So my backup strategy has always been, um, since the advent of Dropbox, pretty much having all my files, uh, my NAS storing all my media, my laptops and other computers around the house, I don't need those to have like a one-to-one backup. So I don't need those to be, because if it's honestly a great opportunity for me, if those crash to wipe it, new iOS, install Dropbox, that pulls down on my documents and all my media was on my NAS. It's really not a big hassle for me to, to wipe and replace. So the way I do all my backup is I store all of my media and files on my NAS. And then my NAS is the one computer in my home that is backed up to the cloud. So anything I want back up to the cloud, I got to send it over to the NAS and then it'll be backed up. So the way I was doing it in the past was I had a two-bay QNAP and man, it was years ago. I don't know how long it was. It was I, I was on this ago? show when I bought that QNAP. Oh. Um, it was a two-bay unit. The only thing I didn't like about it is that the CPU in it was just so underpowered. Like this thing just, it was slow. Even to read and write files, it was slow. It just took a long time. It did its job. Um, it was also passively cooled. So it was always overheating. Uh, if you started to do a big backup and you were pulling or writing files to it a lot, it would it would it just didn't have any airflow, so it would get really hot and it would throw a warning every single time. So it wasn't the best designed uh, NAS unit, and so I, I started to think about all my different options. And <laughs> Jim, this actually ties into all of our other conversations. We were talking about Storage and Saya. Well, I was using all my other computers, my beefy computers that had a bunch of storage, to do all this other stuff that really wasn't benefiting me too much. Like I had one computer that was doing SIA, one that was doing storage. And then I was struggling personally with reading, writing files from this old device I was using for myself. I'm like, okay, this is stupid. I'm not going to use my more powerful computers to benefit something that's really not benefiting me. So uh, I've talked about this before, but I wiped SIA, wiped storage, and ended up going on to the Dell R710, which is my um, enterprise-grade server style. Um, it's older, but it still works pretty well. It has two pretty decent CPUs in it, um, and it's got eight bays um, for hard drives in it. And so I went over there, and that is now my NAS. So that is running Windows 10. It's just a shared drive. So throwing everything over there and then using Backblaze to back that up. When I was backing up with the QNAP, I went through a few iterations of backup. Um, I did. I tried Amazon's, and we were joking. We can't remember the name as it was like, it's ice. It's something cold, right? Like whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever Amazon's cold storage is, that's what I was using for a while. Um, I, I didn't like it because the the user interface was just a little bit different for, for someone like me. I wanted something simple and it's just not as simple. So then I switched over to, um, there was something in between and I'm now struggling to remember which one I used in between. Um, I can't remember, but I, I ended up going to iDrive because iDrive had an insane sale. And I just recently went to iDrive, maybe in November. It was right before the Christmas season that they had a, a great deal. It was like $10 for a year. So I got in on that. And then as I, but when I switched everything over, I went to iDrive because QNAP was very limited in the amount of options that you could choose uh, to have a native app on the QNAP that would do the backup for you. Glacier. Thank you, um, Mm. Anthony. So it's Amazon Glacier. Something cold. We knew it. (laughs) That room is always helpful. They are helpful. So, um, Something so, cold. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's something, it something cold. cold. Something cold. So so the QNAP was limited in the amount of apps they had. So I chose iDrive. It was cheap. Went with it. And then when I switched over to Windows, though, I really had my options open to me. And that is when I looked at our Facebook group. And then I did some more Googling and find out really, okay, what's working well for people now? And Backblaze just kind of stood out. We had just had Moro data on the show. And they had talked about their partnership with Backblaze. So for me, that connection was already there. So I decided to give them uh, give them a shot. When I looked at Backblaze, the thing I really liked about them is their way to recover your data. 
um, they will ship you. And this is what I love about. It. So it's, you don't have to spend the bandwidth or the time to re download all your data. If you were to lose it, they will ship you like a four to eight terabyte, just external hard drive with all of your data on it. And they charge you for like $150, but then they reimburse you if you ship it back to them within like 90 days. So it's essentially free. So free recovery was huge for me. And the speed of them shipping me an external drive and me just being able to download that data to new hard drives. I mean, that one fact alone probably would have convinced me to use Backblaze, even if the price would have been uh, a little bit higher than it was. And the, the price for their consumer model is only $60 a year, $5 a month. And so for me, that seemed to be a a good price point, a good recovery feature. So I have gone with Backblaze and I'm slowly backing up that entire. So like I said, that Dell R710 now is my NAS. It stores all of my files. And so that Windows 10, it's a Windows 10 box, is using Backblaze, the consumer version to back up. Yeah, and but and then Windows 10 is taking advantage of both those processors. Correct. That yes. are in there. And then how much total storage do you have in the in the R710? Oh, uh, I think only like three terabytes. Okay. Which it's is what how much do you need? Um, I'm using two, two of it. Okay. So you got a little overhead. You could add to it. Uh, if you want yeah, ever to. since I stopped podcasting, it really has slowed down. Oh yeah. You just don't, you don't use podcast, as much. You don't use as much. Yeah. And, uh, really the only time it goes up is I will do a, I'll do a mass backup of all of our photos from the iCloud and I will take them over and actually put them on our NAS. That is when it jumps up. And then every, anytime I decide to do a random YouTube video, but that's, that's not that often. So I think that three terabytes will be good for me and I can upgrade it at any time with those eight bays of drives in that R710. And then we'll talk about uh, later what I'm working on currently is actually a plan for the future for, for another NAS, but it's working out well. Interesting side note, if you are planning on using Backblaze and you want to use the consumer version, when I originally went to go install this, I was still running um, Windows Server on my Dell R710 and Backblaze Consumer cannot run on any server OS. So it will not run on Windows Server. It says, hey, you need to upgrade to the <laughs> to the pro version of our stuff. And so that was a good time for me. I was using the preview of that of Windows Server anyway, and I only had 120 days left. So I bumped that back down to Windows 10 and it worked great. So it does not, it does not care what hardware you're using, only what OS you're using. So you yeah. can use enterprise-grade hardware um, as long as you're using consumer OS. Yeah, no, it's a good story. I think we'll we'll kind of keep up with it as as we go. It's I've gone, you know, uh, back in the fall, I switched over to when we had this whole crash plan thing go on. I had been doing it off the Drobo. I'd been using an app off Drobo, the crash plan app. They no longer support that. So I needed to move it onto a Windows box. I have a N40L from way back in the day. Like that is an old, it still uses those. I think it's an old AMD Turon processor on there. Slow, it's, it's got four gig, which is a miracle in itself, but it should have two, but it has four. And uh, it's just super slow, but it would work for a file server, work great. Put through right. Windows 10 on there, put Crash Plan on there. I have had nothing but problems with Windows 10. It just shuts itself off. I've had to go into a bunch of settings to try and get it to stay on. It's Crash Plan has been doing some weird things with their software. It was just like it would work and then it wouldn't work. And... I had trouble getting, I use StableBit Drive Pool on there, and I've had trouble with that staying stable. And I don't think it's that, because I use StableBit in other places, and it works great everywhere that I've used it. But it was really struggling. And I was thinking, well, maybe it's time to make this a storage box, right? Storage A. Maybe it's time to make this a dedicated storage box. And since we had had Paul on for Moro Data, and, and I have one of those boxes, we started talking about how fast those things are. I was like, I'm an idiot. I've got one of the best NAS 
boxes sitting in my basement doing nothing. I'm an idiot for not using it. And so I started thinking, okay, how am I going to back this thing up? Well, I chose Backblaze. That was in the show. We had talked about uh, that being available. The setup was super easy. It is literally making a Backblaze bucket container on the Moro drive. Uh, I, I pinged um, I pinged them over there. But I pinged Tony. I said, Tony, how do I do this? He goes, super simple. Just create a container and you're in, right? And I did. And they get a little API from Backblaze, and I stuck it in the the configuration, the web configuration for the for the box, boom, I was up and running. And then I started moving. I thought, well, we'll test, let's test. We'll take 10 gig and move it over there and just kind of see what that, we'll see what it looks like. And I moved it over there and I moved it up and I looked at the web interface for Backblaze and there it was. And I thought, oh, I think game on uh, at this point. Now I'm using B2, which is their kind of their uh, cold storage. That's what they call it uh, over there at Backblaze. Pretty cheap. Uh, transfers is, is like a tenth of a cent or something. If you're gonna if you're gonna move data around or get it back, it's of course free to put up there. They charge you for the amount of storage that you have. I think I'll probably end up paying between ten and fifteen bucks a month uh, when it's all when all is said and done to keep my storage. I've got one point five terabytes, so it it depends on how much I how how much I keep up there. I'll be honest with you, since I'm not going with an unlimited plan, Mike, I started really looking at all the files that I was keeping. And I've, yeah. I've junked a bunch of stuff like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, okay, I, I download installer from something four years ago, Get you know, some piece yeah. of software. And I just, I did it because it was in a file and I didn't even look. But since I'm paying for it, each terabyte, I'm you know, each meg, it's like, ah, maybe I should look through these kinds of things. So it's been a good opportunity for me to clean out, clean house, get my data a little tighter, um, it'll take, they'll take anything. And, uh, and, but I have a one terabyte cap, um, Cox communication here. So yeah. one terabyte cap. So I've been kind of feeding, slowly feeding in, I moved 65 gig over the weekend or last weekend to kind of fill up my cap. So I had hundred gig left or so with two days to go, <laughs> start jamming it in, right? Uh, take it, right? right. I can do 30 or 40 gig a day, um, to get it moved up there. So I think I'll move. Um, I am paying for ca crash plan through the fall and I'm paying four bucks a month or something ridiculous, right? They had that special deal for those of us that were on the consumer plan. And then we had to move over to the small business plan and they gave us some ridiculous deal. So I'm just leaving my data out there for now. And I've kind of shut off, well, not technically, but I've shut off the client, the crash plan client. I'm not updating it anymore. I'm moving everything to Morrow data and letting right. them move it up for me. And that is the only downside of the Moro data box that you have to use the B2, which yeah. is going to be three times, about three times the price. Cause how much storage did you say is going to be $15 a month? About 15 a month. Yeah. It's for how much storage? Well, you know what? Actually, I need to calculate that. So okay. let me just say, I didn't necessarily go through the calculation. It's going to be pretty cheap for me. The storage there nickel a gig maybe or something like that i'd have to okay have to the go consumer is unlimited and that's right. the best part so yeah. if you run your nas on windows 10 or a consumer grade hardware then you can use their consumer grade program and get unlimited backup yeah yep. so so what i'm thinking i wonder how backblaze works with i would love to know if anyone has done the research i haven't even looked into it for something like a um free nas or a what's what's the big one the buzzword here on this show yeah yeah uh, uh, 
Oh, but anyway, nah, somebody will get those in the chat free right NAS type boxes, if those could run the consumer version of Backblaze, man, talk about taking advantage of some very fast and great recovery options for um, for your data and f- and for $60 a year. Yeah, no, right on. Um, I'll, I'll need to compare this. I'll, I'll dig in a little bit. Um, it seemed like, no, not Drobo. No, not Drobo. Um, uh, Mike like, Howard. Um, yes, it's Mike Howard. Yeah, Mike Howard talks about he'll kill me that I... It's just I'm blanking at this point. Not Synology. Doesn't really matter. I'll say it when it hits me because it's going to hit me in like 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, it'll come in here in just a second. Something, uh, no, no, hmm, I don't know. I'm having trouble getting it. Um, Unraid. There Unraid. we go. Unraid. There, <laughs> there we, we go. go. Thank you, okay. Ken. He's just throwing out words. Yeah. <laughs> All the words he's heard us say over Jefferson, the last year. Franklin. Washington. He's Microsoft. just going to start throwing Apple. out. Yeah. Uh, he's going to start throwing out presidents here pretty quick. There we go. So, um, yeah, so I think I'm, I think I'm in, I'm, I did a little bit of the calculation and I thought, yeah, okay, I think I'll take it. Um, I'm going to take it because I want to take it for me. I'm going to want to take advantage of the ease of the NAS device of being able to put it on. It will store it for me. It caches what I'm using all the time. And so that's all local. If I go over the one terabyte, it's, it'll go grab it. It's cheap to grab it from there if I need it. I don't, I really use my NAS as a NAS. So I don't, it's not like those are files I'm putting in there or using all the time. Uh, for Moro data, if I am using it all the time, it'll just keep them in cache. That's the great mm-hmm. part, right? You're not going to yeah. charge for that. Yeah. I also have an, I have an Amazon one from them. I'm not, I don't, they, they, they currently give that to me for free, but I have an, also have an Amazon partition. So if I wanted to move, I'm getting a little pixelization from you, Mike. Hmm. Um, if if I wanted to use the Amazon partition, I could do that as well. That's the beauty of the Morrow data is I can carve out a bucket, point it towards Amazon S3. If that's what I want to do, I could carve out a bucket, point it towards Backblaze. I could do a Dropbox. I could I could sync it with OneDrive. All those things are available for me. So it's just a cool little box. Don't forget, those are $4.99 to get in, which is an expensive Synology, right? And from, from that perspective, and you don't have to buy much drives with it. If you're going to do, if you're going to commit to cloud backup. So good, a little way to go about it. We'll thank Paul again. He came on, I don't know, four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, he came on. I think maybe it was more than that, but, um, you know, I appreciate them and I, I like it. I'm, I'm kind of excited about getting everything moved over and turning that sucker into a, uh, just a big fat storage. Totally. Server. It would be one of those great products that like, I wish this had been around. It probably was. I hadn't heard about it. When my parents got their NAS, uh, it would have been because we got them a Synology two bay put two huge Western terabyte reds in there. The two Western terabyte reds were, or they're four terabytes. Are they even more than that? I think they're four terabyte drives and two of them. So that alone would have covered the price of the, uh, yeah, for the box. You're, You're doing it differently, right? You're not keeping all your data local, right? So you're keeping the first terabyte local. Then everything else is going but to the cloud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but then again, maybe not because they were actually their whole goal was to use this as a as their storage for their Plex Media. My parents have the largest movie collection I've ever right. seen, yeah. and we put it all on there. So I guess when it went over that first terabyte limit, that would have been interesting. It probably would not have functioned very well with a Plex box to have to pull that from Backblaze if it was one of the files that wasn't cached anymore. Backblaze is a half a cent per gig per month is their pricing for storage. 
Okay. And then the download, which traditionally has been pretty expensive, right? When we think about, by the way, S3 is uh, about 2.1 cents. Uh, Azure is about 1.8 cents. And Google, Cl Google Cloud is about 2 cents. So just kind of give you a feel. So it's a half a cent for, so about a fourth, Backblaze B2, about a fourth okay. of the price of those. Just so you'd be at $15 for three terabytes. Yeah. Store. Yeah. And I, and I have where your calculation was coming in so far. And I have a, I have about one and a half. So it's seven fifty maybe. Oh, yeah. A month. So not bad. Yeah. And they bill, I think by the week and it's an average kind of thing. So like I've already gotten two bills that have listed. I won't pay until the month comes up, but it's, so it's just charging me kind of as I go on an average, okay. which is cool. And then one cent per gig to download, right? Which for cold storage, you know, you think Amazon S3 is five cents. Azure is five cents and Google Cloud is eight cents. So, uh, pretty pretty good price. Those guys were pretty excited when they sold this to me, or when we first started talking about it. it Backblaze was two cents, and they didn't have to take it down, right? They could have stayed at two cents. They're still right. the cheapest, but they just recently, a week ago, dropped it to a, to a penny, um, a penny a gig for download. Perfect we, for me. I don't yeah. download very much off that. I, I'm going to hardly ever download off that because it it's going to grab it from cache. Right. Most of the time. Think about a terabyte cache. It's going to take you forever to push enough files that you haven't touched in a while past that terabyte, Mike. Or, yeah. Well, I've got four or five years of podcast stuff that yeah, just, I never, never touch. touch. No. no. I know. And, and even if you did, it's still not that expensive to download it. Do we think at all that those prices on like Backblaze and those coming down has any connection to blockchain-based storage? I, I would say no. Just they because I don't think these the guys care just yet. Yeah. yeah like true. I don't, I don't think, think they care either. Cause I don't think that no one knows that there is blockchain storage yeah. the, outside of the, the nerds outside of us. us. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Podcast, the right. podcast listeners. And really probably outside of anyone trying to make money off it. Everyone else is like, well, why would I use that? <laughs> that seems really hard. Yeah. And I think I figured, uh, so for example, um, I think when I was thinking about putting some data over on Saya, um, and I think I figured uh, at the exchange rate, and it's super volatile because those coin prices can go up and down right. all, all the time, yeah. right? So it, 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 at the most expensive time, I think it was, I was projecting three or four dollars a terabyte to store it out there, something like that. Um, so a little bit cheaper than now today, super cheap. Like I, you can probably, I bet you could store a dollar a terabyte right now on Saya. If you were actually transacting with the coins, so it's super cheap. Um, I think storage or storage. Um, uh, when when I thought about it or when I looked into it, they were a little bit more expensive um, at the three to five dollars, and I think that's gotten a little bit cheaper as well. But they're unproven, right? right. Who's going to really right. who's going to put their data out there? But there was a day that Backblaze was unproven, like they, yeah, right. Then they came out Carbonite unproven. Right, crash plan unproven. So who knows? Who knows where they'll compete? We just know that price keeps going down. I don't know. It's not going to go up. That's for sure. Like these prices are not going to go up. Uh, I guess they could for some reason, but um, to me that seems pretty reasonable. And I was pretty excited about five to ten dollars a month uh, for backup and flexible backup. Right. And like you said, Backblaze has got that. They get that, that you can get a hard drive from them, great support, some of those kind of things. So um, I think it's time they get my business. 
And uh, I think both of us, by the way, you and I came to that conclusion completely independently. Like, and, and in very nope. different circumstances, you through the Moro data, me through just needing a backup for um, a machine for Windows and crash yeah. plan not being an option anymore. Well, and, and I just, uh, there's been a lot of listeners. And maybe if you're in your car listening to this, you're screaming at me right now about crash plan because I got a lot of negative feedback when they right. changed the plans. And I was initially going to stick with them, but I was having so many problems with the hardware. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's time to be done. And I've got this piece of hardware I really want to use and I want to use more often. And I want to get on more of a traditional NAS and I don't want to host it with Windows 10. And I don't want to worry about sleep mode. And I don't, you know, all that all that overhead that comes with a Windows 10 instance. And it was just kind of like, eh. I, and I have, and to be honest, I've got the Moro box data. But, you know, I've got the Moro, the, yeah, the Moro data box. So it uh, worked out. Uh, worked out pretty well. So um, Tony says, I only have four meg up. Uh, wasn't happy Backblaze won't let me select folders easily to upload most important stuff first. Yeah, there's some limitations and I'm not I, I'm not uh, focused on that at all. I'm kind of yeah. just give it to throw it on the NAS, let it update as it has time. And I agree on the consumer side, um, Anthony, I, I agree. I was like, okay, but what if I have, you know, this is going to take me six months uh, because of our data cap from Cox, I can't just let it go full throttle. And I, so, cause I have, uh, I have about 13 up, which so I can't let it go. And for stuff like this, Hannah is FaceTiming with her family all the time. I'm podcasting. I can't let it just throttle my upload. Cause we just have terrible experience. So, um, yeah, I agree. I'm like, so what if something happens in this next six months and it didn't get the, um, photos folder, the one I would tell it to upload first, like the photos, and then the podcast, and then all the other useless stuff that I have up on my NAS. That's really all I care about. Um, if I lose the photos of uh, of Emmett's the day he was born or something like that, like I'd be, it would be awful. So oh. yeah, I do agree. But besides that, though, they do have a lot of other really good controls. The limiter and how they represent the amount of data that it would use per month or per day. I think it's by per day. Uh, you can slide that and say, okay, bandwidth wise. So I have it set to, I think... Um, he uses about four meg, um, three or four meg consistently, mm-hmm. which is about 11 gigs a day. And I need to talk to the guys over there at Moro to see if, talk with Tony, see if they've got a throttler on there where I could go in. Because today that I'm, I've connected through their API, B2 is kind of a, is kind of a commercial service, to be honest. Consumers can use it, but it just connects through an API. And so you create a bucket and then you create a bucket over at B2 and they get an API number and you plug it in on the software and boom, it's done. You're in, you're up, you, you know, you get the billing. So set. Be on Moro's side more than Backblaze's side. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't really have a Backblaze interface besides the web interface that tells me, and I, you know what, I haven't dug in, I haven't dug into the settings on, on either side, to be honest with you. So I got a little bit of work to do to, uh, to get that. What is that? Out. Have you shown that box? What do you oh, mean? It's probably plugged in and you can't. It is. It. It's plugged in and okay. mounted to the wall, but it's literally just those. It's a, it's a nook. It's an Intel nook. Okay. It's that big, you know, and, and that thick and it's as generic as you get. I did, they did not, you know, uh, this one's just got a, I forget the processor it, what it's, that's in it, but that SSD drive and one terabyte SSD. I'd have to go back. You can listen to the podcast if you want the specs on it. Just go yeah. back and listen to when we had Paul on. Those guys want to send one to me. They're more than welcome. I should to probably I send, send another Tony. review. Hey, next time you get something that's a little different than mine, I've got a fellow podcaster who might want to review right. it. So yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. send that. I'll send that note over to Tony. 
uh, see what he says. So you know, it's know. so funny because you know, whenever you switch jobs or switch anything where you're with a new group of people and you become known as the tech guy, <laughs> one of the other attorneys was like, "Hey, hey, you're into home tech." We were because we actually had a party. Uh, where this is last Thursday, <laughs> the work party before I was podcasting was for March Madness. He's like, "Hey, you're a tech guy, right?" I'm like, "That's kind of weird. How'd you know that?" And he's like, "Oh, well, they send a bio out when we have new hires, and the bio that you sent in said you podcast with home tech." He's like. So I need help. And he started, I mean, we, and we just went out and then all of a sudden someone was like, Hey, wait, wait, did you say home security cameras? Do you, do you know how to set up a home security camera? Cause I real, I want, I don't want a ring one. I want a custom one. You become known. So, uh, if they want to send me that, I might start suggesting Moro data as their data backup. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, other Jim is asking, does Backblaze allow you to precede your files? In other words, I think what he's saying is send a hard drive to them to do that. And I do not know. I don't know either. The good question. I have to. Uh, other Jimmy may have to head over there to Backblaze and and uh, discover that. I'll have to dig in a little bit on that. I don't. It's an know interesting concept. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot of services that will do that. CrashPlan would have done that for you. You could send them a hard drive, um, and, and go from there. So, <laughs> other Jim says, "Is this billable hours? Everything that's is like- billable hours. <laughs> Everything." Jim doesn't know, but he has a huge bill that's been piling up for the past year and a half. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna get like a ten thousand dollar bill. Right. Here's that. Here's all for the legal advice. Ten thousand. That was just for January. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yikes. Well, Mike, it's been nice podcast. Yeah, it's been good. Remind everybody if you're no, Um, Mike. A couple things we're working on as we kind of think about uh, wrapping things up here in the next few minutes. But I'm not surprised. But my son Tim, the Marine son, picked up a Pixel Two on Project Fi. I don't know, six months ago. He could not even that. Maybe four months ago. He couldn't get it in Japan. He's currently in Japan serving in the oh, Marines wow. there. And so he had it shipped here, and then we shipped it to his APO address. Google would not ship it to him directly. He had been on Fi before, but uh, his phone went to crap, and so he needed to buy a new Pixel Two. Sarah said to me the other day, and actually, this might be the best decision I made i've made ever she said i think i want to go with the pixel 2 and i want to get on project Fi. and so we dug in and tim has been awesome for tech support so she talks to him about all that like i haven't answered one question like it's been really, really awesome yeah no totally she just i talked to tim today and i talked to tim today which is great he 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 likes that uh when we do that um, he likes to talk to us overseas but um so all the boys are on it. Number my number three and number four are both on that and love. And I think thirty bucks a month is what based on what she's now we'll see what her usage actually is when she gets on there. But I think that's the plan we set her up on. And if she needs more, they add more. And if she doesn't use it, they they give it back. Now I think she'll use at least thirty bucks a month. But uh, pretty easy setup. We ordered it Sunday. It came yesterday. Took it out of the box, connected the cables to her old Android phone. It transferred everything over. She spent the majority of the evening last night setting it up um, and uh, has a case coming for it. And we'll put a screen cover on it this weekend. I'll take her to Best Buy and I'll just have them install it. I hate installing those things. I always get fingerprints on the backside. I'm kind of a jackass when it comes to those kinds of things. I'm just a loser. And uh, and so, yeah, we're so we're now, she's now a proud owner of a Pixel 2 on Project Fi. Um, and I'm going to see how this goes. I'm going to be serious. I think two years from now when my phone is off, I, man, the, you can't beat the plan over there on Project 5. I'm just looking at I had actually not checked into the prices. 
Yeah. For, so for now, and it's just super fair pricing and it's just kind of like you pay for what you use and they give you back. They give you a credit on your bill. If you pay, if you paid more than you use, they give you a credit on your bill. I mean, it's the, the purchasing of it could not have been more simple. We just Google project Fi went in there. She signed in with her Google ID. Everything after that was associated with it. We walk through the steps. They come to the phone part. We paid cash. Well, we paid, we just paid for the phone. They will do two years of payments. I'm not a big fan of payments. So I, it was 649. So we just paid that. I had been saving for that. And so we just paid it and uh, walked it through and I say, your phone will be there in three to five days. And it got here in three. We set it up. It worked as she was setting it up. It automatically ported the number over. Her old phone went off. Her new phone came on. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. We had a pretty good experience. I'm looking at the map, though. It looks like the LTE is very limited. Well, it's Sprint, T-Mobile, and whatever, right here in the area. Three worst LTE services. Yeah, but we've had pretty good luck with our Sprint here in Bellevue, where we're at. And so, it and and Mike, seriously, she doesn't even use a gig of data a month, my friend. So So then that's that's the difference, right? So if she's not using it, this is perfect for her. No, it's and we don't really either, except for the fact that we spend a lot of time down on our family farm. And Verizon is the only one. If you're on Sprint, I couldn't even make a call with Sprint down at the farm. So Verizon, I though I have full LTE. So for us, we're kind of stuck in this really. No, it's it's certainly case by case, right? And how much that is thirty thirty bucks for the minimum. Is pretty and much. Then does it go cheaper if you have fit, like you and? You yeah, I think it gets people? a little. I think I can add a phone then for fifteen as the base. Okay. And then it's ten dollars a gig or something like that, or ten dollars for ten gig. If you take out our phone payment plans, right? Like, because I always take those out. Um, and what you're paying for your service, I think we're paying like one twenty for Verizon for two yeah. people, which is sixty bucks a person. Mm-hmm. And that's but that's no phone. That's you're not paying so, for any phones. And right I add now, 60 on that to get us up to one, um, like 80, 190 for our phone payments. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 30, about what we pay too. 30 covering the phone payment too for the Pixel? Uh, no. Well, we didn't pay. I paid cash for the phone. So okay. I paid the phone outright. And how so, much are those Pixels right now? 650. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't, I didn't think is bad. It's, yeah. She got almost three years, almost four out of her last phone, out of the, she has a Galaxy Note 4. And, uh, so she's really, she is, um, yeah, I think three, let's just say three. Cause well, no, I think it is four. And I bought her a battery to replace on that note. So we replaced the battery once, which is thank God you can right, right. on those kinds of things. And it was just getting kind of clunky and slow. And so we were like, let's, it's, it's time to replace it. But I think I may, I'll watch how she enjoys it. And if she hates it, it'll probably be a great phone for me. Hey. So <laughs> you can no, move away from the iPhone now. I think I, I think I can, really? if this thing works for her, like if it works, it does maps, it does. Right. There's, you know, the, the iPhone, remember I came off before I came to iPhone, I came off a galaxy S four, which was a nightmare. Like it was an awful, awful phone and, you know, heated up to the temperature of the sun. It was never reliable. The battery didn't work very well. It was an awful phone. So I was coming off a bad phone. And then of course I landed on an iPhone six, which was just great. That's the, in my my mind, that may have been the best iPhone ever made. It was just a really good iPhone. Rock right. solid. Battery life was good. Blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until I held that thing for three years. And then it started, the battery started struggling, right? With yep. the problems that we know. And then I upgraded to the 8 Plus. Great phone. I may keep it for three years. 
Like I'm going to pay off the, I'm going to pay off the lease in 18 months. I have an iPhone for life, so I could, that's going to be tough. I would not go to a 10 right now. They've just, that's been a weird, that's been a weird thing. But the advice from the community, somebody gave me some advice in the community, go to the eight plus now, wait for the next version of the 10. Yeah, that's and that's so, what I'm doing. I'm waiting too. I have the seven, so I'm a version behind you. Seven nice. plus. I'm waiting for that next version of the ten to uh, to upgrade. Yeah, to come out. So, so and you're not tied into the ecosystem, whereas no. me, we finally have my entire immediate family, Hannah's entire immediate family, my core group of guy friends that I text all the time, and Hannah's core group of guy girl that she, we are all iPhone. There's not a single person that's on Android. So the ecosystem, the FaceTime and the iMessage is everything to us. Yeah. So I don't think that's what's really keeping us on. We we love, I mean, there's a, that Pixel 2. Play, my buddy at work of mine just got it and it's a great phone. So I agree with you. It could definitely be a replacement, but I'm tied into the ecosystem. Yeah. And that's a good, it's a good reason. I, I think we're, uh, we're just past that point of parity and it, this is what you choose to be. The, totally. All the phones are pretty great at that high level. If you're going to pay $500 or more for a phone, it better be great, right. you know? And so I think they're all, you know, but Apple's in the same boat. If I paid for that, I mean, that eight plus was a $750, $800 phone, right? I'm paying for it in monthly payments. Now, the reason I took payments at Sprint is because they subsidize them. So I'm getting, you know, it's a $30 payment and they're pay, they're making 18 of it every single month. So Which, you, they're going to start cutting those back. Spring no, right both this year because they're start, they're, they've been losing their shorts on it for the past yeah. few years. Yeah, well, they've been trying to catch up, it, right? But might as well take advantage of it totally. while it's there. Right? They'd definitely be. Yeah, no, totally. It's been, Kyle kind of talked me into this way back in the day um, when he started, when he was working at the store. And I've been kind of hooked on the subsidies. You know, they keep saying, oh, the subsidies on phones are gone. I'm like, I don't think they are. I think they're still alive and well if you're a Sprint customer. And uh, and so I've been taking advantage of the the subsidies for sure. Um, Great little phone. I love my iPhone. It just does what it's supposed to do, right? It runs ways. It does my podcasts. It gets information. Tonight, I was having dinner. My daughter's home on spring break. And uh, uh she was making fun of me. I was using Siri and I don't almost never use Siri, but she was making fun of me. Like, dad, are you still really? And it, so I made Siri send her a text message that said, you should use Siri more <laughs> and I sent it to her. And she was right across the table. Right. Right. And uh, so we had a ton of, I could have sent that via iMessage. Or I mean, I never use Siri. How weird is that? You and I, who are no. both huge advocates of the Amazon Alexa devices, everything like that. We, I don't use Siri. Like it's just something on the mobile phone that just doesn't make sense. If I have to press a button to activate it completely, we have now gotten to the point. Uh, I know there's the whole blank Siri thing you can say to activate. I'd say right. it, but both of our phones would wake up. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just well, it's convenient. No, I, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't use it a lot either. I do use it sometime, and it's there's times it's convenient when I want to know the weather or some of those kind of things. By the way, speaking of that, we've moved the hand. Remember, I bought one of those scanners from from Amazon where you push the button and it can yeah, scan. Things, I have one too. You never use it. So it sat on the fridge forever, right? So Sarah asked me, hey, can we move that into the bathroom and make that? Because she's like, she'll be doing her makeup and she'll remember she needs to order something. And the, the nearest Amazon device is all the way in the kitchen. So we just put a hook up in the bathroom and it just sits on the bathroom. You just push that button and talk to it and then right. let it go. So yeah. there you go. There's a good use for it. It's perfect. <laughs> and it's not on in the bathroom, which is right. You don't you want know? it to be always on. My, we had a funny, so 
my mother watches uh, my two boys now. So Hannah just went back to work. Um, this week was her first week back. And so, you know, my mom hasn't watched the boys in over three months, you know, cause Hannah's been on maternity leave. So we, we walk in and my oldest Emmett, well, you know, we're talking all of a sudden he's over there in the hallway yelling at something. We don't know what he's yelling at. We walk in and he's pointing up at their thermostat and he's, he's saying, and I know, I know exactly what he's saying. He's yelling at it. And my mom is so, what, why is he, he's never had any interest in the thermostat. So Emmett has a favorite song called thunder and he knows that all of our Alexa devices play it. And he knows that our Ecobee is an Alexa device. So sometimes when he's in the hallway, that's the device that plays it. And he, so he associates now that all uh, thermostats all can play his yeah, music. Can do that. So and he was over there the ACDC thunder. Is it that, is that no, what? The Imagine oh. dragons thunder. Okay. Right. Um, and uh, so he's over there in the hallway at my parents' house yelling at their thermostat to play him thunder. I'm like, oh, bud, their thermostat doesn't play music. My mom just cracked up. She's like, yeah, our thermostat doesn't play music. Oh, wow. (laughs) I think that's a preview of what's to come. Yeah, look at my son. How did he know that? And how did he associate, you know, yeah, some little block on the wall that plays his thing. Like, we talked to it, and he's yelling at it. Like, I know mom and dad just say something, and then it plays my music. That's all I know. Yeah. He he knows, yeah, nothing else. uh, That's a quick association that... You know, we on Star Trek, you know, they would always talk anywhere. And, and I remember in those early days, like, do they have microphones everywhere? I mean, how would that happen? And it seems so weird that they right. would just talk. And now you're like, oh, that's why they had an yep. Alexa on the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. You know, <laughs> we put yeah. a new, uh, uh, what do you call it, a dresser in his room. So now we had a place to put the Alexa device that had been unplugged in his closet for a while. Oh, he found out that he can play thunder in his room. It was game over. <laughs> now he's always in his room, just yelling at that thing. And he's like, if he could talk, he's a, he's, he's a year and a half. He can't talk, but I know what he's saying. And he's just waiting until Alexa can understand baby babble. Uh, well, it won't be long, song, right? It will not be long. I mean, I think he's going to be, but I think that's going to be the expectation of that, that generation, right? Of my grandkids and your kids. Oh, totally. No matter right. what device it is, if it's Amazon, Apple, just whoever talk. it is, Google. Yeah. But yeah. every house should have at least one of these devices that I can just that's say totally. stuff to. Yeah. The, uh, and the interesting part is now that we've gotten past the whole saying, a, I guess we still have to know the wake word. I guess we're still there, right? Like we have to know what ecosystem the house is in. But besides that, it's pretty standard. You don't have to customize the way you say it anymore, um, whether you're using Google, Amazon, or Apple. Well, Amazon is testing right now the ability to understand who's talking. Right. So you can train it and some other things. I think a couple years of testing where they get that right, I think we'll stop saying the wake word eventually. I mean, I really do. That seems creepy because then it has to always be listening. Right. But I think we're going to give up that, okay, (laughs) Now people are screaming at me in their car saying they're not. I hope we don't. But I think we're going to give it up for 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 convenience. Because how is she going to know if I'm giving a command to my son or to her? Yeah, I don't know. You know. Yeah, I just it's gonna. I I don't know that, that and I could be wrong. You know, yeah. I just kind of think that's maybe the I, next. I think they totally to could. I just hope they don't. Yeah. The interesting focus Amazon has made lately is with all of their devices having screens and they're trying, they're really, they've been discounting these devices to get video in the home. Have you noticed their big plan video? Mm-hmm. They now have a, a security camera that's tied into their locks and their selling point was that you could have the delivery service 
um, deliver your package, open your door, put it in. And it's okay. Cause we have a video camera watching. They're really trying to get into video in the home. I don't know what their play is yet there, but they've been really pushing it. Yeah. I just got another, uh, $25 discount code off of any Amazon Alexa device for, uh, just for being an audible member. Which is cool. Well, uh, Sarah just walked back here with her phone. What? Uh huh. Oh, so she says five bloatware apps on the new Pixel versus twenty on the get on the uh, the I was Google say five or the, is great. the uh, Samsung device. So she's she's holding that. Yeah, she says between Sprint and Samsung, it was awful. So she's you like it? All right, good. I spent a lot of money on that thing. Without a case and a screen yeah. I feel like I'm carrying around a naked newborn baby. Apparently, she can just come in and interrupt the podcast whenever she wants now. Yeah, she just comes on down. No, right on. Do I need to get well, your microphone? Or I've got a naked newborn baby upstairs. If, <laughs> if you want to compare the two, they're probably pretty. Mine's a chunky one, though. He's freaking huge. Uh, you could hear her on that? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, it she it is weird to have a new phone without a cover and without a shield. Like, oh, you're like. You treat it. Yeah. yeah. I did buy the insurance, by the way. It was three bucks, I think, or five something. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just buying it. I, yeah. it it's not worth it to to kind of monkey or, to monkey around with. All right, few few quick updates uh, as we we run out of here. We were talking about um, I was talking about having some USB problems on my burst box, and it, the burst drives kept dropping in the middle of the night. Couldn't figure out why. I bought a brand new card. Uh, when I went in, I'll th- I have a typical USB three card. Bought this on Amazon for sixteen bucks. PCIe You'll notice Express it's, card. Yeah, PCIe. And by the way, the manufacturer of this card, which is I forget who it is now, said best if it goes in the fastest PCIe slot in your on your box. That's you'll get the best performance out of it. So I moved the video card down because I don't care about video. Put the card in. Plug the thing in, and I felt it crack a little bit. And I thought, oh, you know, as you're plugging in on this mm-hmm. part, you'll notice that plug is now missing because I broke it completely in putting it in. And I think the contacts were still touching, but I think it was moving around some, and it wasn't as stable as I wanted it to be. So it was dropping cards. I don't know. I just know that I got a brand new one, Feb Smart, right off Amazon, another $16 card, except this USB card, no power. Right, it has some capacitors for each of the ports in it. So if you imagine looking at this here, there's some capacitors across the top that are storing some energy up for you. So it's pulling some energy from the board and then storing it. And when it needs it, then it ships it to each one of the ports. Been rock solid so far, and uh, no plug, no plug in it. So it doesn't take an extra plug in from your power supply. Works pretty good. I'll drop the link to it in the show notes. I think I did that already to our show notes. Uh, been pretty good standard again, 16, 17 bucks, I think, something like that. For might have been, might have been 20 for this one, but it's one of the newest. I wanted a new one, Mike. The other ones were three and four year old technology, and I kind of wanted to try something that had just come out. So, if you're struggling to add USB 3 or you want to add some more, I gave that a shot. Link will be in the show notes. You can give that a try if you're interested. Working great so far. To be honest with you, only been in for two or three days, but it was going down, not down, but I was losing drives every single night on my burst box. No longer there. Mike, uh, lots of news about Facebook. We could probably spend a whole bunch of time talking about this. Yeah. You deleted your Facebook app off your phone, but maybe not for reasons that you 
we might think. Why'd you do yeah, that? Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was debating on whether including the Facebook um, story in our news. And I said, you know what? No, let's wait. We had some new, we had some good news segments. We'll talk about that another week. Uh, yeah, but I deleted my Facebook app. I also deleted Messenger. Uh, so now it's funny. I have to check my computer for when Jim sends me the link um, to the show every week. But I deleted it not because of that, just because of the content of my Facebook feed was just terrible and i i knew that i was addicted to opening i not addicted addicted yeah you mm-hmm. like in the meantime anytime i just just had nothing to do click it open up facebook and just start scrolling right scroll and the videos it was none of my friends content none of it it was videos it was stupid political stuff um it was stuff i just didn't need to see and um so there was the added benefit of deleting an app that i knew was tracking me in some way on my phone that was like okay this is that's an extra reason to delete it but mainly it was because it was sucking my time. Uh, I would be sitting on the couch and instead of turning and talking to Hannah, I'd just be scrolling through seeing a bunch of stuff that I didn't need to see and that was useless to me. Um, so yeah, I deleted it. So I no longer have Facebook or uh, I didn't delete my account. Let's be clear. I can still log in and I always, I can go to my browser and get to Facebook that way if I really need to get in. Um, didn't delete my account, um, but I did delete the app and the messenger app off my phone. And it's been nice. Uh, I did it yesterday and it's weird when you don't have that as an option anymore, how fast you just open it. Oh, and you click it back off and put it back in your pocket. Like it's, it's, it's interesting. So yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I'm a good focus more on Instagram. I think too, I think that's going to be where I share a lot of my pictures and, and go to some other, listen, if you think they're not tracking you on Instagram, isn't that a Facebook oh, true, property? But I, I just, this is not a privacy thing right, for no, me. Right on. Right. right? Like this was just a, um, I was opening the app and wasting a lot of time on it and the content there, Instagram content, is only the people I follow. Weird, True. right? Like novel True. concept True. that yeah. it, I just want to see what my friends are posting and picture wise. So Instagram for me is a much more useful. Um, yeah, paid advertising app. has not has not pro pro. Pro, pro I can never say that word. Proliferated. Yeah. On Instagram, there's, like, there's but the not as bad as Facebook. But not as bad, right? Like you know, it's a paid. It post. will though. It's you know clear. it will. Yeah. I think this is the beginning of the end for Facebook, to be honest with you. I, wrote I totally this, agree. I wrote this There's post back in 2006, just... by the way. Or, I mean, 2009. I was a little early. But I think this is the beginning of the end. I think I'm hearing so much backlash from your generation that it's like, we're done. We're just done with it. It's just stupid. It like is. all the stupid. things you said. It's stupid. It doesn't work. They've ruined it. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for ruining it. We're gone. Yep. And it, it can, I think, within a year or two, it could be another um, MySpace. Just it's gone. the logins. You know? I have not taken the time to go in and change. Right. I use that whole, I should never have started the whole login with Facebook. And there's a lot of accounts where I'm True. not. I did this sign up with email, which is going forward. If anyone hasn't done this yet, just do the sign up with email. Don't do the Facebook. Don't tie yourself into a social media platform. Um, and I just, so there's a few Spotify is a great example of someone I'm tied into Facebook with. I need to figure out how to untie that Facebook account and make it just an email account. Um, but as soon as that's done, I could be, I could easily be off of Facebook. Yeah. I, I think over the next couple of years, we're going to hear a lot of that. And yep. uh, I'm sure for a lot of you listening, you're done with it. I just, I can see, I can see the audience as I think I know them are like, yeah, we're done. I, you know. And the weird part, the general, like I can, my generation, the the younger age of my generation, they're not done with it. They never started. A lot of them don't even have Facebook sure. accounts. They were I mean, they have Facebook in the accounts in the terms of Instagram, but they are all Instagram, Snapchat, um, all of those wow. instead of Facebook. 
And I think actually some of them are lurking out there. They don't use it, but they're lurking. I, there's too much FOMO. They kind of want to know what's going on out there, but they're not, they're not posting anything. They are watching. I've, I've heard that before. And then I've seen kids of that age with Facebook on their phone open and they're scrolling through it, but they're not updating it. So they're there. They have accounts. They're lurking because they want to know what's going on. Yeah. But they're not participating. And that yeah. might be the way I stay, right? Like I have an account. So if I need to check back in with something, I can. Yeah. I um, actually post very little on my own personal one now. Right. I post very little. I post it in the group. I do a ton for Gallup. Like that's a work app for me. Yes. So I'm in it all the time. Right. But it. But then how fast does it become not profitable for Facebook anymore? Because they realize there's no people just have these right. accounts. Right. But no one's posting. Super, no one's looking. Super unprofitable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess well, if, pe- we, if people are still looking, it's still profitable, right? Like if they're true, still, they true. don't need to post. They're not caring about people's posts. They're caring about their their advertisers' posts that you're seeing. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see where they go. I no, think the next six months will be very telling for Facebook. I think we'll know a lot by the fall of where Facebook is going. No, it will be interesting. If they smart, they uh, double down on Instagram. As soon as totally. As soon don't as f it up, <laughs> don't mess no, it up this will. time. They will. They always do. Yeah, it, they do. It's just, just they get greedy, don't. right? That's like oh, we could, we could do this. Then it's we shouldn't do this, but we're going to do it anyways. Yeah, they want the money. So it's just it's so stupid. The um, you know, we have big groups at work on Facebook, and as soon as that news broke, I had one of my our European coaches contact me and say, I, "You guys should get off Facebook right now." And that's eh, a little extreme, but. No, it's, it's in some ways it's kind of true. And I'd like to move that, you know, this is community data. We need to move it somewhere else. Those moves are big and expensive and really hard to do. So we'll move it right the next time we move it. But I moved to Facebook for convenience. I think we're going to have a, I think we're going to have kind of a outflow of Facebook users. So that's coming up. Well, if you're hanging out in the live show, hang tight. We're going to go into some post show, talk about some crypto. If you want to hear the crypto conversation and you are a regular podcast listener, just head over to the average guy.tv slash support you can sign up for just a buck uh, a month kind of helps uh helps me see who's consuming that content and so i appreciate it if you want to do it that way uh do, if you want to contact me send me an email jim at the average guy.tv you can track me down on twitter at jay collison great way to do it as well if you want to join the facebook group that's facebook.com <laughs> we just talked about that slash group slash the average guy uh, i don't know how many want to come out there and do that that's uh, that's kind of our way of spending time with each other and there's maybe a dozen of us who talk on that page don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Maple Grove Partners. Let's see if I can say it. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Get For more information, visit MapleGrovePartners.com. I haven't heard from Christian in a couple of weeks. Probably need to make sure he's okay. Amazon <laughs> has been... Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, he's still there? So anyways, he's been pretty busy. I'm doing great things at Amazon. Driving around so. his Maserati. Totally. He's got a Lambo. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, he's he's actually doing pretty well. I just saw him a couple weeks ago. So Christian, appreciate your sponsorship and what you do in hosting Home Gadget Geeks. Don't forget, we got that app from LastPass. If you want to get the live version, best way to do it, or just actually the recorded versions are out there as well. HomeGadgetGeeks.com uh, for both Android and iPhone. If you want to do it that way, it's available for you. Of course, t-shirts are still available. If you want to grab uh, one of those OG Home Gadget Geeks t-shirt, the average guy.tv slash shirts. You can still go out there and pick those up, all kinds of cool colors. Get that done. We are live every Thursday. And I'm going to the newsletter. I forgot last week too. So darn it. I should say, if you want to, um, since I'm forgetting the newsletter, 
Uh, let me just kind of quick pull up who's on the schedule. Uh, Mike and I have had the last two weeks. By the way, this is kind of the schedule. We're going to push more of these kinds of shows out just because we, one, they're, they're a ton of fun. Yeah. And two, I just haven't had the time to track down guests. So it's been one of those kinds of things. But next week, Edward Weniger's back. We're going to talk crypto. But I'm going to ask him a lot of blockchain questions. So this will not be a coin conversation for the most part. It's going to be a lot about what they see and the business that's going on in the blockchain. So come back and join us next Thursday. We'll do some of that crazy coin talking in the post show. And I'm going to make that post show available for free for everybody. So we'll have all Edward for both that. If you want to make that, if you want to get that, it'll be available on Patreon, but anybody can get to it. So you might want to, to uh, if you want to, all that conversation, it'll be pretty cool. And then after that, the bar, the big barbecue show, it's coming up, Mike. BBQ barbecue show. Grill Tech is coming. Three fifty. That's three fifty. That's a great number too. For show three hundred and fifty is coming up, and so uh, Mike Howard, Mark Robson coming on for the big the big show. And uh, we'll talk about some grilling and we got some great stuff coming up there. So we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at TheAverageGuy.tv slash live. Stay around for crypto conversation or head over to Patreon to get it. With that, we'll say goodnight, everybody. <laughs>